Police can make you mad, grinder can make you sad, but sperm can make you glad. Coming up today on The Point. Hello and welcome to The Point, the only talk show bringing gay and straight men together to see what happens. And hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Hello, Jim. Hello, hello. Uh, welcome back. The last time I welcomed you back, you said you were engaged. Mm -hmm. So I'm welcoming yeah. you back again. Are you married? Are you divorced? Where have, where have you gone since yeah. we, we finally picked a venue. <gasps> oh! Yes, and RSVPs have been sent out, so we're Is pretty happy. Is it here? I did not it, Well, that. not in this space, but it uh. is in Toronto. Yeah. I meant this. Yeah, place. yeah, it's a nice uh, restaurant <laughs> that we picked out uh, that is very Art Deco-ish, so oh, it's going cool. to create some nice pictures, which I believe is important. Yeah, well, so you're told. Yes, so you're exactly. Told. <laughs> well, you'll have to keep us up to date on yes. all the wedding plans. Yep, and I'll, we'll, when we get closer, we'll maybe have everybody uh, follow the hashtag for our wedding. Ooh, yes. every wedding needs a hashtag. I is it hashtag so. love? No, God. Is it hashtag Pizza Hut? We were... <laughs> Already following. Amazing. Oh my god. Yeah. We should put something like that. Maybe get some corporate sponsorship. Yeah. Maybe some free pizza, yeah. Our wedding was sponsored by um, Pizza Hut. Well, unfortunately, I have to uh, start off with uh, a rather somber talking point number one, to catch a killer. This is a local Toronto story that actually uh, turned into an international, made international headlines. Um, Bruce MacArthur, who I'm not putting his photo up, um, he is an alleged serial killer. And so far there are five victims um, whose photos they know I, about. that they know about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Andrew Kinsman, Salim Essen, Majid Kahan, Kahan Sarush Marmudi and Dean Lisowick. Um, I think it's important to say the victims' names because the alleged Agreed. killer's name is always yeah. said, and but yeah. nobody knows um, uh, the other uh, names. The reason why this has be, uh, become an international story is mainly because of the way the police have handled it, the local police. Um, for a long time, they were saying they didn't have evidence that there was a serial killer even though there were a number of men who went missing in and around the gay neighborhood here in Toronto for many years. Um, Zaid and I were talking about this a little bit before we started uh, rolling um, as to whether or not the police were slow on the uptake um, to investigate this properly, and if so, what was behind this. Um, so we won't be talking about it on the show. No, 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 no. <laughs> Five of the, the four men who they have identified it as victims so far are uh, Middle Eastern or come from the South Asian community. Um, the, final, uh, alleged, uh, the final victim, uh, and there was a lot of press around him, Andrew Kinsman, uh, was white. And that's when people started paying attention. Um, how do you think the, the police have handled this? 
shitty. <laughs> One word. I think they didn't do a great job. I think they had more than enough warnings. They had like you know they had several warnings from the community, from several organizations that are that are pro you know LGBT communities of color, saying that you know there's a killer out there. All these people are Middle Eastern. They're in the same age group. They're vanishing from the same place, and <clears throat> you know that usually implies some kind of connection between all of them. But I'm. Um, Earlier on, before these developments happened, like September or something like that, <clears throat> I read police reports or at least statements from the police saying that this is absolutely not a serial killer. Like, don't worry about it. Like, and I'm just—it's shocking to me after all these these stories came out that all of this evidence and all these things that were pointing to that direction were completely ignored. And what's even more kind of insidious or adds like more you know salt to the wound is how this has actually been reported. Um, the choices of the pictures that were kind of like. They've taken pictures from, I guess, their online profiles or, or, or pictures. I don't think these were supplied by the families, but um, they were sort of, you know, kind of covering about how these people had double lives and how they were, you know, sneaking around behind their families and how they were, you know, nobody knew who they were or what's it called. And, and, and that somehow contrasted. Does it make it okay? That does it make it okay? Of course it doesn't. Yeah. But that contrasted with the positive or at least the kind of innocently curious coverage of Bruce MacArthur himself, calling him jovial, calling him a Santa figure, saying he was just a regular Joe, that he likes gardening and he's a landscaper and he's putting pictures of him going on vacations in Niagara Falls and going on, you know, just being kind of this, looking like this approachable person, but then talking about these people like they're kind of, you know, well, sneaky vermin well, is just the, really, 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 really enraging. The, so, so I think it, the reason for the approachable, like the Santa and all that sort of stuff, is to show that it's sort of like anybody. Right. Could, like, well, you know, no, anybody he actually, actually, no, I don't think so. And I don't, he I don't, actually, I mean, Bruce MacArthur did work as a mall Santa. I mean, he, yeah, everybody has good parts to them, and everybody has bad parts to them. It's the ones you choose to cover after they kill five people is what matters. I'm not saying he well, wasn't like saying that he didn't kill them. Like I, th I think what the the point of that in terms of the coverage. Like I, I agree with you that I don't think that there's any reason to talk about sort of whatever dual lives or you know sort of reasons that the victims may have had for not necessarily sharing every part of their lives with everyone that they they knew or their families or whatever. But the idea is that like. You know, people, whether they should or not, people try to find patterns or try to find reasons why, you know, things happened or why people didn't do something a different way to protect themselves. And I think that they're yeah, saying that there's no way to protect themselves scenario in this thing to talk about what happened. But I mean, like, are same they trying to make like, a serial killer seem like a good guy, is what you're saying? Because to me, it's yeah. coming across like they're saying. Anybody was a, was potentially a victim. Anybody that's, could have been tricked into this false sense of safety and but security. But that in itself is guy. false information because the guy isn't targeting anybody and anybody's at risk. The guy's targeting Middle Eastern people. Right. That's the pattern. And when you say that's a giving giving point. someone instructions on, well, you know, basically we're, we're reporting the way we are just because we want people to know that it could be anybody isn't really useful. No, I'm saying that so it, if it's really it, could it, be anybody, and I'm pretty sure if the killer wasn't a white man, we'd be talking about his priors. We'd be talking about his. You know, uh, the fact oh, that he had his I own mean, sneaky things. I, I will say you should, yeah, but that's yeah. a different Racially point Racially biased media coverage Bruce, isn't news. Uh, there is, have to pretend that it's the first time this happens. They, they have talked about Bruce MacArthur's priors. Um, he had, um, uh, he was convicted in 2003 for assaulting a man with a pipe in 2001, with two conditions of his sentence being that he should no longer spend time with male sex workers and avoid an area of Toronto surrounding and including the, the gay village. Yeah, the I learned that today, 
I read about maybe six or seven CBC articles that didn't decide to mention that part. Uh, so, well, I, I mean, I've seen that in a lot of the coverage. How is somebody but, uh, banned but, uh, from an area, and like, how do you keep them banned from a specific area? I, 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 yeah. I'm I, not sure I, how I those are enforced, but the fact that, you know, a lot of the people that uh, work at the bar that he used to frequent say, oh, we used to see him there all the time. He even was there long enough to develop a nickname, which is the Santa of the bar, too, not just of the mall. Oh. And the, you know, the police seem to have just not made those two, con like, made those connections. The other thing is when you go for clues or as part of your investigation to a Middle Eastern man's family who just vanished in the gay village, and you say, and you express shock that he's been living a double life, and I'm like, well, he's a married gay man who fears, faces serious consequences if he was to come out. But you can't say, oh, well, the fact that they led double lives kind of threw off our investigation. It just means that you don't have the right people investigating. So, so uh, it was the, the police malfeasance, was that because this was gay men? Is it because the missing men were racial minorities? Was it both? I think it's both. It was all yeah, of those yeah. factors. I, I definitely think it's both. And, you know, it kind of takes me back, and it's like an old, I think it was Chappelle show uh, um, sketch, but it was just about, like, how crime is covered and uh, reported and whatnot with... with uh, uh, and, and I think in the sketch was like with uh, uh, women of color and then all of a sudden they're like let's do the same thing and then they put in a, a blonde girl in it and all of a sudden like all the cops come and they're like oh my god what happened and all that kind of stuff. So and I, I definitely think and, and as you pointed out like it seems it seems coincidental that the police sort of upped their investigation as soon as a, a Caucasian man went missing. So I, I definitely think it's both. I think if it was three women just like three women that vanished in that time, not even five, or I think there's even more, like all together. I think as soon as you get to like two, three women that vanished that were all white, I'm sure news coverage and police coverage would have been huge. Compare the, mean, the, the duration of time where Andrew Kinsman was missing versus how long the other men were missing. Some of the men were missing since 2010. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was, you know, we're looking into it, we're looking into it, as all those families heard. You know, those, these are fathers, these are husbands, these are people who saw somebody's uncle. Then when Andrew Kinsman came out, I moved to Toronto in September, I saw his poster the first week at school, and I saw the case closed before my academic year ended. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's not a coincidence. That's just, oh, we just got really good in the end. Yeah. Um, uh, the organization based in Toronto called the Alliance for South Asian AIDS Prevention uh, actually released a statement alleging that the Toronto police failed to provide adequate resources and effort in their investigations of the disappearance of the four South Asian and Middle Eastern men. Um, quote, what the South Asian and Middle Eastern community has been saying for so long is that the police haven't paid attention to these cases at all. There's always been frustration around that. So this feeling that if, if that it took, it had to take a white man to go missing for other people to be found is a statement of how the community was feeling at the time and is still feeling. And I have friends who are, who are part of that community and obviously uh, who are part of that organization who, who work there or volunteer there. And I also have a lot of like South Asian friends. They, there, there was a lot of community effort within the community to help itself because there wasn't any help coming from the outside. They had, you know, buddy programs where you don't have to walk on your own alone. And you, they had, uh, like, I think there was, a, like, a, an offer to, to, or some kind of arrangement to have people driven from certain parts of town if they, were, if they were alone and it was too late at night. Like, those are the precautions that, like, that alone, if a company is mobilizing its own resources to do those things and, and it's still 
being ignored by the police, that if, if the community is that scared and that's not considered provocative enough for the police to step up their investigation, that just shows where the police throw their priorities. And, and it, it's fascinating to me that now they're saying that there are so many more victims. He, uh, the, the alleged killer worked as a landscaper. They're saying that um, he may have buried he buried bodies and planters. Bodies and plant body parts and planters. They're actually looking at over 30 different properties right now. And they're also saying anybody who had him do work yeah. should come forward because they don't oh, necessarily shit. know everybody yeah. as well. I mean, that the fact that it was so pervasive and yet the... I, I, I actually wonder if, if there's just a level of bad policing. Never mind there probably the is. There probably is a level of bad policing like in any department, but this is a particularly... Right. Like, you know, so like how case. many times would Toronto police have to deal with a serial killer, right? Well, that's not an excuse. Well, no, that's it's what I mean. It's time. like that's why they don't like, well, do as much as they so can. So what, what's the, at this point, what's the answer? To what question? In terms of the, the, the community relations with the police. I think they're severely damaged. I think everybody's looking forward is going to... Gonna, I hope the Toronto police realize that that damage is something they have to repair by taking extra precautions, something like this happens in the future. But this isn't something that communities of color are shocked by, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Amazing re like representation and amazing reporting on the, the human side of a killer versus the casting of shadows of suspicion on the murders just because they're people of color is a record as old as civil rights movements. You know what I mean? If we see a white rapist who gets out of jail after six months saying, well, he had great swimming time and he was a great athlete and he was a really nice guy. Oh, yeah. And then if you see you know, a guy take a steel candy from, or maybe not steel candy, I'm using Trayvon Martin as an example and I loosely remember the details, we start talking about how he was always a troublemaker and he was no angel. That shapes people's opinions. That shapes people's biases or feeds into their biases and, a dis and it doesn't allow conversations to happen. It just pisses people off. And I mean, when people are pissed off, it's not good. So because they might end up. So whose responsibility is it now to, to fix, do what to fix this problem? There's a lot on Toronto Police's heads for being more responsive to communities of color and being more interactive and hiring people or at least having connections with the community. I mean, think about how reports on terrorism are always reported, right? The community, the Muslim community always has to step up. They have to be the, on the front yeah. lines of the, against the fights against terrorism, yeah. right? They're, well, this is a, an example of one community literally being on the front line of fighting this problem, and they were ignored. It just shows, goes to show that if, yeah. you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right. So the Toronto police have a lot well, to do. I, hope I the think the media as well. The media right? too, the media absolutely. Definitely. And that's the I don't like, they have say, new cycles to fill. But, I don't want to say that like I, I don't want to say that you know it's all the media's fault or whatever. But I'm seriously disappointed with how the media was covering mm -hmm. this. Like, though I just said it before, it was just it's just yeah. not a fair yeah. picture. Yeah, there's there's a lot of of uh, blame to go around, and we'll see what happens with as this investigation continues. Thank you, Zaid. Uh, and now it's time for, for Tito's midpoint. This week we're playing Moot Point, and it is Black History Month, so it is related to that. There will be some I don't questions. know if we should talk about Black History as being a moot point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Check with the writers on that. Wow. <laughs> it is, um, there will be two answers, and you have to guess which one is moot, or which one is true, in this case. Okay. Okay, All and right. just, just, I just want to note that we know that there is no one black on the panel. What? Today. She just today. had to leave. 
<laughs> yeah, because she heard about this book. <laughs> she was like, I'm out of here. Okay. All right, Garrett Morgan is responsible for which two inventions? Traffic light and gas mask, or gas mask and stop sign? Gas mask and stop sign. Traffic light. Traffic light. Traffic light. I mean, traffic cheated. light and gas mask. <laughs> I don't want to be like the, I don't yeah, answers yeah, yeah. on this one. Yeah. Charles Drew is responsible for which of the following? Refrigerator or blood banks? Charles who? Drew. Okay. Uh, blood banks. Blood banks. Refrigerator? I feel like refrigeration is like a team effort kind of thing. Unless he invented <laughs> a specific part of the cycle. Blood banks, yes. Yes! Oh. I am 0 for 2, two for on two. this. All right. Jackie Robinson was the first African American to do what? Play Major League Baseball or hit a home run at Yankee Stadium? Oh, I thought these I were mean, the same. <laughs> play Major League yeah, Baseball. Yeah, the, the first one. Yeah, that sounds like a... Because yeah. you have to do the one to do the other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Next, who was the... He also played... Didn't he have a Montreal connection, right? He there's, think he a different, there's the Negro B Baseball uh, League that he played in, and that was in Montreal. That, Back in One the of the teams yeah. was in Montreal, I believe. I believe. I, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm right. Somebody will, I'm sure, correct me if uh, I'm wrong. We'll get I our think, research department yeah, yeah, sure on that. that yeah. the Somebody will whis whisper in my ear. Yeah. That's yeah. usually yeah. me. I got nothing. I don't <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't think the internet has a thing for correcting people. <laughs> They'll probably just let it slide. <laughs> it's my feeling. Who was the American singer, actress, and civil rights leader who got her start singing at the Cotton Club in New York City at age 16? Aretha Franklin. Was it Dionne Warwick or Lena Horne? Lena Horn. Lena, Lena Horn. Horn. Correct. Sweet. <laughs> Who was um, the last black actress to win the Academy Awards Best Supporting Actress Oscar in 2006? Viola Davis? Six. Six. Halle Berry? Oh, Halle Berry won Best Actress. Was it Whoopi Goldberg? Oh, yeah, it's an option. Or Jennifer Hudson? Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer Hudson. Yeah. There you Dream go. Dream girl. Yeah. Uh, uh, Whoopi oh, was in that. the 90s. What did she win She's for? She's right now, too. That's right. Yeah. Whoopi won for Ghosts. Okay. What service did the first African-American female millionaire, Madame C.J. Walker, provide? Food distribution or beauty products? Beauty project. Beauty products. Okay. And she, <laughs> no, I know this. Because I'm so happy about this. My, well, I'm actually okay. surprised she was the first black millionaire. She was from Indianapolis, okay. Indiana. My ex is from Indianapolis. Okay. Well, near Indianapolis. And that's, Indiana. That's why you know you That's why I know this. Okay. Do you need to talk about it? No, I'm just saying. I knew this. I'm glad. Let him have his reaction. <laughs> yes, yes. I, knew, I just, I knew this. I have, yeah. Cool. Good for friend you. Friend curve, friend <laughs> of the blacks. <laughs> what was the first black-owned company to be traded on the New York Stock Exchange? Was it BET, Black Entertainment Television, or Jumpman? Or what? Jumpman. What do they do? Jumpman is Nike. It's like the, it's the, the Nike. shoe. You know how he is. I'm going to say Jumpman. The first one. BET? It's BET. Yeah. 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 I went with sports. <laughs> the other Last one, one. Who was the first African-American car manufacturer in 1916? Charles Richard Patterson or Charles Buick? I'll say I Charles Buick. I feel like Buick. Buick seems like the obvious choice. Maybe it's a trick question. It's a red herring. It is a trick question. Oh, the, the, then the first one. Or both? Charles Richard Patterson. Oh, what, what, what did he... Can I see the What car did he make? Shut up. <laughs> well, we are moving you. on. Thank you, Tito, for today's <laughs> midpoint. <laughs> and now it's time for talking point number two, grinding to a halt. So. Can I grind this away? No, I don't know what that was. <laughs> um, 
So a tech-based organization called Time Well Spent. Good call. You guys don't deserve the bell. On that revealed <laughs> that Grinder is the number one app that makes users unhappy. Oh my God! You Surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> they, along with um, Moment, which is an app tracking screen time, polled 200,000 iPhone users for their results. An astonishing 77% of users said they were unhappy using Grinder. What do you mean? Isn't that like? And an av- and they spent uh, users spent an average 61 minutes a day on it. But isn't that the kind of thing where it's like the best thing to happen to you is to be in love, when also the worst thing to happen to you is to be in love? You know what Grindr I mean? Grinder is not about being in love. In this case, fair enough. But it's the kind of thing that makes you unhappy, but also it's the thing that brings you okay, happy. But like, if you're hooking you know up, why is that not making you happy? Uh, it's more no, of a okay. Okay. I shouldn't eat that, but I keep eating it. Kind yeah, of situation. that's what I'm talking about. Okay, Tito, <laughs> yeah. what was your question? Tito, if you're hooking to... up on this app, why are you not happy? How much of your time is spent on Grinder? Without actually hooking up. Yeah, the opportunity cost. I mean, I'm hot, I so I don't have to deal with that. <laughs> he doesn't know because he's beautiful. I'm kidding. Okay, so Tinder also placed in the top 10 with 56% of unhappy users. All other major social media apps like Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat also placed in the top 15 of unhappy users. Oh, yeah. But like why? What is the reason Because it's a recipe for unhappiness, comparing yourself to like all these people well, yeah. in the most streamlined, quick way while seeing ads. But you're also Sounds just like, like chatting to people. But it, uh, come on, you've complained that the apps are frustrating and they're time wasters. People oh, are definitely. frustrating. Oh, <laughs> definitely. Sometimes wasters. I don't even go on them because it's just like too much time that I just don't want to deal with all yeah. the messages. But I also think if you have any kind of insecurities at all, going on any of these apps is just going to heighten them. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Facebook it's definitely is terrible an antagonistic for Grindr, experience Tinder, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And who doesn't have insecurities? So it's everyone, so it's unhappy. Yeah. And I think, I mean... But that's just dating in general. You're going to deal with that in any date, with any dating. But no, this is, at, like, but the this apps, is way quicker. <laughs> like, no. Plus, uh, uh, and I don't know how it is for, for Tinder. I don't know if you, you've used Tinder. But on Grindr and other, the other gay apps, um, I, I'm sorry, people can be bitches. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, be rude. And, like, if you don't respond to them, then... They're angry that, and they think you're ignoring them. And yeah, you, they take positions. You but other people, if you don't respond to them, uh, or if you, you know, like you'll respond, "Oh, sorry, not my type," and then they get pissed. Like, of course not. Yeah, what do you think? You're so hot. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. But then if you ign- if you just ignore, then they're like, "Oh, you think you're too good?" It's a whole different thing on Tinder anyway, because you can't communicate with somebody that you don't match with. So you yeah. kind of yeah, weed that out. Yeah, there's that aspect I too. Mean, but gay apps are a lot more transactional, a lot more sexual, a lot more charged, a lot more evaluative. So it ends up having a significantly, I don't know, maybe. sound like the huh? gay people that I know. <laughs> well, we all have an online side, you don't know. No, I'm kidding. But um, no, it's true. There's, it's like just the, the apps in general, like they reflect a lot of the flaws or they exacerbate or they're meant to actually take advantage of all the flaws that we have as a community, yeah. which is our shallowness. They do our, actually make our me toxic unhappy. toxic masculinity See, and now, all those things. Okay, why do they make you unhappy? Well, just because then you're always hooking up and then you're kind of like, but, but I'm still alone and it's just kind of sad. Yeah. You're not alone. Oh. <laughs> in 15 minutes. Maybe. But I'm still. <laughs> He'll look up with you anytime. Yeah, that's should right. I, should I call but you? I'm still happy when you hook up in the moment. Like, I'm not going to yeah. say an yeah. app. Like... Well, here's actually something that 
has found to make people happy. <laughs> what is that? Orgasm. Sperm. Yeah. The, <laughs> the State University of New York carried out a study in which they were able to compare the sex lives of 300 women uh, to one another and their mental health. They noticed that women who have sex regularly without using condoms are less depressed and able to perform better mentally. Given that uh, sperm contains things like serotonin, uh, tyrotropin-releasing hormone, and melatonin. Um, it's also just like a genetic like thing, you know what I mean? When you start putting in factors that are different from like the nature of, of human beings, <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like condoms are not something that is built into the body, so... Of course, that's going to change the dynamic in some respects. So, like, yeah. it doesn't surprise me that, like, the most sort of like having natural way of of having sex is like the most positive way of having. You know what I mean? Like, that, yeah. that's not a, a shocking statistic. Yeah. But what, like, you talk about these benefits. Are we talking about ingesting it or? No, no, no. <laughs> like, what? Like, are we using it as topical lotion or what do you mean? It contains no, all these I've things. Seen that movie. Well. I've seen that movie. The, yeah. Presen yeah, yeah. the presence <laughs> of semen oh inside. Oh. Inside. Inside what? The vagina. Let's get that that yeah. that that plush vagina back in. I know. Yeah. Give Tito a not Just do the hand motion a few more times. Yeah. <laughs> um, Inside. No. And uh, the, so the, having jizz in you is good, is what you're saying. Yes. Uh, the if you're having Thank sex you. without a condom, you are less depressed. Um, uh, de depressive symptoms and suicide attempts have uh, are lower, and um, depression uh, depression scores. Um, uh, went down. All of this because of a condom? I think this study it's a failed to... Of no, because, no, this study because failed to control for the fact that condomless sex is usually within monogamous relationships with, and if they're having that much sex and they're monogamous, not sounds anymore, like things are going great. This, this sounds know? like a study sounds by like it's a not college the kid. Sounds well, like things are going well. To convince his girlfriend not to use condoms anymore. You're gonna be happy. <laughs> You're gonna be so much happier. Like, exhibit study A. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, of course, I would like the the corollary study done on gay men and whether or not the what you just want to be part of the well? study, yeah. don't you? It benefits you, them as well. You want to have yeah. sex with two hundred thousand yeah. people. What? You just want to have sex with two hundred thousand men. I think that's that's what he this said is that. Or knowing me. that you're not going to contract anything wearing a condom will make you happier. So well, I I mean, I would like to. I think there should be a study of gay men and condomless sex, and if having jizz up your butthole makes you happier. But yes, it makes I'm down. <laughs> oh, you're down. Um, okay. Those studies were they surveying minutes. couples or were they surveying uh, random just, women? Uh, just or? college women. Wow. Okay. So there you that's go. a lot of condomless sex going on in college. Yeah. Oh, really? Does that surprise you? That's surprising. I don't know. Me. I think we'll be seeing a generation of I don't know. I'm trying to think back on my days in college, <laughs> yeah. like what was I think, again? Oh, I God. think for a lot of reasons, generation uh, uh, of condom, I think their condom fatigue is there for a lot of reasons, and it's not just for gay men; it's for straight people as well. College kids are also using probably terrible condoms that they get for free at the clinic. They don't. Those are really good. Spend Those the are good. That's the same on condoms. skin or anything. I no, they're like they were. No, you get the thick ones there. Those are like the terrible <laughs> ones. Those are brutal. Oh, you want some like spend the thirty bucks? Yes, yeah, like, you get skin or beer. Like, oh, oh, so you like the thin ones? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, we, uh, well, you like it thick, so Giggity. tell us <laughs> <laughs> what. You know what? <laughs> what? What's your... Everyone does. <laughs> What's your bop of the week? My bop of the week is M.O. <laughs> Featuring Mr. Easy <laughs> and Lotto Boys. And it's called Bad Vibe.
M.O. Yeah, it's a girl. The song is called Mo? M.O.? No, it's called Bad Vibe. Oh, the bop is the... I actually thought she was Mo. No, it's a girl group from the UK. It's a different. Oh, okay, it's not cool. the M with no. the O with the slash. No, 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 no. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That's why I said uh, M O and not Mo. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. God. Let's move on. Okay. Well, let's move on to subscribing. Did you to say us something about gay YouTube. guys being bitchy? <laughs> Helps us greatly. Costs you nothing. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Press the red button. It's just um, me. Uh, you can also check us out on Reverie, the world's largest online LGBTQ streaming service. Check us out there as well as the rest of their great uh, uh, original online content. Um, you can also check out our crowdfunding site, Patreon, patreon.com slash thepointguys. You can help us there. That helps us. You have no idea how much. Uh, we're also on iTunes for the audio podcast. Check us out there. Our website for everything The Point is thepointguys.net. But you should also check us out on Twitter and Facebook at The Point Guys. And you can let us know what you think about anything we talked about right there on the Facebook. In the comments. Right now, on Facebook. <laughs> that you have something to say about some topics. What do you feel about condomless sex, yeah. Internet? <laughs> yeah, let us know. Oh, and then, Until then, we, we have a new show about. every Tuesday. So we will see, see you next Tuesday. On The Point.